Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. But I'm going to tell you this we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligibles podcast. I'm Will Stone, he's Chase Caldwell, and today we are breaking down uh, some uh, potential scheduling changes to uh, the SEC, look at what's going on in some other places, uh, and talk about maybe some options that that could be uh, coming to the SEC fairly soon. But uh, before we do that, uh, as we record this, it is leading up to Memorial Day weekend. Uh, just want to say uh, shout out to the uh, troops. Uh, love love Memorial Day. Uh, this is a weekend that we look forward to every year. Chase and I will be going down to the Guadalupe River this weekend and having uh, just just the best time of, of all time. So, best time of the year. Um, it, it's 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 my absolute favorite um, vacation trip. I don't I don't know. That's Ooh, this it's weird to think about it. Starting off all that great, uh, my mind's not working. <laughs> um, but but yes, it, it it is weird for for Memorial Day itself, you know, to be on vacation. But I'm thankful for all the veterans out there that made that possible um, for us. But um, you know, I, I I guess this is our seventh year going on this trip, and um, we go every Memorial right. Day and um, yeah. Uh, no, it's sixth. It's sixth for us. I think y'all went maybe a year before we went, but um, I'll tell you how I remember. I went to my my test for Edward Jones, and and that was when yeah, you were working yeah, yeah, in yeah. Dallas. And um, that's right. And I met with you because my testing center was across the street from where you worked, and we had lunch. And yep, you're telling me like had yeah, lunch at, w- at Chiloso. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. I that place that was place. good. Um, oh, it's so good. But you're like, yeah, we're going to the the river this weekend, blah blah blah. And um, my dad always used to tell me that like, if all your friends are going somewhere, you know, why would you sit around waiting for an invite? I would just show up. Like, all your friends are going to be there; they're not going to be <laughs> upset that you're there. And yeah. that actually is how I joined AGR. I I just showed up to a recruiting event by myself and um joined nobody knew i was coming i didn't know anybody there i just wanted to join (laughs) agr so i showed up by myself and uh uh, so anyhow i was i i remember thinking that when you were telling me i was like well we're going i'm going like i've i need to celebrate i just took i'm about to take this test and i've got i haven't been on vacation in like three or four months you know at the time and it was uh, uh, a the series seven wasn't it it was, it was, yeah. Yeah, um, that's, that's and, a tough one so, from what I've heard. Yeah, they, they eventually broke it into two tests because when I took it, it was a seven and a half hour test and had like 250 questions on it. And man, it was a marathon. They, they forced you to take a 45 minute break in between the two sections because it was so long. Um, but mm. whether you wanted to take the break or not, they made you take it. And maybe it was an hour long break regardless. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I remember thinking like, yeah, I want to go on that. I haven't seen um, my AGR brothers in quite some time at the time. And now yeah. it's become, become that thing that like, I don't know, this is going to sound morbid maybe. I don't know if morbid's the right word, but um, I know that there's going to be a time that we no longer go on that trip. So yeah. every year that it gets renewed, is one more year that I'm like, yes, you know, I get to see all of my friends again and uh, <laughs> it makes it that much of a reason to go. But, you know, the older we get, yeah. the more people start falling off and, and right. that'll continue to happen until it's just no more. But while it's happening, I'm going to take full advantage of it and go, go see all of my friends, you know? Yeah. And it's one of those things like, you know, at this point in our lives where uh, we, 
at least we don't have kids yet. There's some folks that do that that do have kids and still make the trip, but um, it's yeah. just one of those things that we mark down, you know, every year. Like I know what I'm doing for Memorial Day next year, I'm going to the river. You know, absolutely, <laughs> unless, yeah. Unless there's it's some on, kind of family emergency, it's perpetually on my calendar until that changes, and so um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Now oh, we might have a yeah. baby, and then then. <laughs> it's no longer on the calendar, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, my, uh, my brother and his wife are actually coming on this trip for the first time and, uh, they have two kids. So, uh, yeah. if, if they can do it, that gives me hope that maybe one day <laughs> I can get past that obstacle too. So yeah. Look at, looking at you, all of our friends who no longer come cause you have kids. Yeah. We'll see you next yeah. year. Make plans to, we know you're listening. <laughs> Hire a babysitter. Um, put them, put them in the crate. Give them a dog bowl and and come on. That'll be good for the weekend. <laughs> but yeah, so the SEC was, you know, yeah, it just means more in the SEC. And <laughs> like they've they've always been the first to, uh, like they're not first in this case, but like if you go back to back in the day, um, divisions and conference championship games are a relatively new concept. Like Mm -hmm. uh, I was doing some research prior to this episode and the first big 10 conference championship game was in like 2011. And the Hmm. PAC 12 first one was in like 2012 or 13, because for the longest time, most conferences had, you know, between eight and 10 teams and there wasn't a need for, a conference title game because you just played everybody in your conference anyway, like the big eight, mm-hmm. the Southwest conference, you know, the sec. And then also back in the day, there were several, you know, a lot more teams back then than there are now that were independent, like uh, Virginia tech, Miami and Penn state, you know, s- some pretty heavy hitters that weren't in conferences. So divisions, conference championships, all that wasn't really a thing and, you know, didn't really matter. Well, now things have started to consolidate, you know, obviously, the SEC was the first one to 14 teams and, uh, you know, other teams are starting to, uh, well, now it's gonna be the first one to 16. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the big 12 is, you know, probably going to end up back at 12 teams, uh, after realignment after, after the dust settles there. So, um, what's, what's been the complaint of, you know, teams in the SEC is, you know, it's not the fact that we have and like we only play eight conference games. I think it's because, you know, we because of the way they do it. Like there's a lot of old rivalries they try to protect. Like mm-hmm. right now, Alabama, you know, like everyone plays your six conference mates and two from the other side, from you know, the either the east or the west, whichever one you're not in. And so Alabama, you know, they have this long history with Tennessee, so they have to play them every year. Like they it's of the utmost importance. So that made everyone else have to pick a permanent buddy. That's why we joke on this podcast that <laughs> South Carolina is our one true rival <laughs> right. because that's who they stuck us with. <laughs> so, um, and it's not just that, it's not, it's not, it's not just that, it, that it's silly, but it's, you know, we had so much fun on our trip to Georgia when we went to Athens and under the current setup that happens once every 13 years. And it's just, it's absurd to share a conference with someone and not go to their stadium, but once every, you know, every 13 years, like yeah. I, I wasn't able to go when, when we played Vanderbilt, you know, in Nashville, um, and Nashville's a great city. Like I'd love to go to that game, but the next one is a decade away, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And we, we, we still have not played. a and has been in this conference for, what is it? Is this the 11th season? I think 10 or 11 seasons. We still yeah. haven't hosted Georgia and we haven't played at Kentucky. So it's obvious this, this new system or this current system isn't, isn't going to work out. You know, have we, have we played at Rocky top? Only because of the COVID. Of COVID? Year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause we, we played there that year, but, but we weren't, we weren't scheduled to until I think until next year. Yeah. And thanks to COVID, it made it really difficult to actually go and, well, if you went, it wouldn't yeah, be the full exactly. experience. So, um, exactly. yeah, so, so, um, obviously the, the topic of conversation is, as some call it pod scheduling, I think that's the, the main 
term for it. Um, but go, going back to what you said about the SEC being first in divisions and stuff, there's a – I recall watching a documentary years ago, um, and it, it was either an SEC storied or a 20 for 20. I'm sure it was SEC storied, but it probably came out like – when the sec network came out and, and it was about, it was about the sec having the first like conference championship. And, um, it was, I remember it being a really good one. I'll I'll have to go back and watch that one, but, um, if I can figure out where, how to watch it, but, um, (laughs) you know, I've, I've long been a fan of this ever since I first saw it. Uh, The first time I can really remember seeing it was when we went to Georgia, which has been several years ago now. Um, but I remember, I remember talking about it at length on that trip for one reason or another, and it might've been just an article was posted about at that time or, or whatever, but, um, I've long been a fan of it because it, like you said, you go years and years without, um, without playing a certain team, without going to their stadium, all of that. And, and for the fans, like, yeah, maybe that's okay that you get a new stadium to go to every year, but it's really every other year, you know? And then, and that's assuming that you schedule one team at a time because there's some teams that we've played multiple times. I think we've played Florida three times at least, maybe four times since we've been in the SEC. Because um, I know we played think, them in 2012. Think- we played them whenever they wore the Gator uniform. And we played them again the COVID years. I know for sure three times. And we, and we play them. And we play them this season. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's four. Yeah. So I mean, and so there's there's it's not it's every fourteen years, assuming that you just go one at a time, and and they don't, you know, yeah. um, and so, um, I've ever since I first read about it i've been a fan uh, but let me let me backtrack and make sure because when i've talked about the subject to people i can i i realize that me and them are on completely different wavelengths when i say pod scheduling i mean permanent rivals i don't mean right. four teams four teams four teams four teams so i'm not talking about yeah. Yeah. I'm not talking about subdivisions of the divisions. So, you know, in this in this case, we're going to go ahead and talk as if Texas and OU are already in the SEC. So I'm not talking about four divisions with four teams each, and then you play cross divisions. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you have your permanent three rivals. And hopefully, because this is a podcast and um, – we don't really have graphics and, you know, visuals to show. So hopefully we can explain that in a way to people through our words that helps them understand what we mean. And I'll do my best to do that. Um, because I realize anytime I've had this conversation with other people really outside of you, everybody else always assumes that I'm talking about a subdivision of four teams and they're like, Oh no, I don't like that. Well, I don't like yeah. that either. I don't. I don't like of that course. at all. Um, because that just makes the that just compounds the problem we already have. You know, if if mm-hmm. we have north, south, east, and west, and then you know north and south play each other every year, and east and west play each other every year, well, then that just that just is the problem we already have. But you just get rid of the cross division altogether. You know, and so that's yeah. not the way that I would do it. Um, and so, so we'll we'll talk on that. Do you want me to expand on that, Will? Um, um, I can I can chime in a bit. Um, okay. And I, I think I'll agree, you know, wholeheartedly that four teams of four pods is the worst out of any option on the table. I mean, I guess yeah. I guess maybe if they stuck with East and West and did eight and eight, that would mm-hmm. suck pretty hard too. But the four teams of four would would suck as well. And I can tell you right now, they would definitely screw AM over and not like make things hard on us, but put us in a boring pod. They'd put us, I can guarantee you, it'd be AM, Texas, OU, and Missouri, which is just yeah, right. the old Big 12. 
Yeah, like the Big Twelve. We, we don't want that. We left the Big Twelve to play the other teams. So that's why we're here. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and if they did that, like we'd we'd only play LSU every other year, you know, and mm-hmm. that's not something that we want to want to lose. So yeah. Um, the the options on the table are, uh, as Chase said, like a uh, like a permanent rival situation where mm-hmm. every team, like all 16 teams, have their specific three teams that they play every year, no matter what. But they're not the same for each of those each of those sets of teams. So like for example, you know, in one example I've got pulled up from uh, uh, our friend RCB05 on, on Twitter. Um, some, some work he did at Good Bull Hunting. Uh, uh, potentially, you could have A&M's permanent rivals be um, Arkansas, LSU, and Texas. And then, you know, and I, I'm sorry, I need to back up for a second. This would also assume that we move to a nine-game conference schedule instead of mm-hmm. eight with, with mm-hmm. more teams being in the conference. So uh, you play those three every year. A&M would play Arkansas, LSU, Texas every year, and then rotate, you know, six others. And yeah. that could be any combination of the rest of the teams in the conference. Uh, I, I feel like there's probably a way to do it where, um, where most teams wouldn't have to play Alabama and Georgia in the same year, um, unless you're Auburn, because that's going to be two of their permanent rivals. <laughs> but <laughs> there's a there's a way to split it up, you know. And, and teams are going to be up and down, like 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 Bama won't be this forever. And you know, there's years where you know Auburn or LSU, or LSU will be of a you know pretty high caliber but there's ways to do it where you don't just have to run an absolute gauntlet you know mm-hmm. on some years so um, well and and therein lies the confusion for a lot of people because whenever you say um you know for a&m obviously the the three main rivals that we would have would be lsu arkansas and texas the response i always get whenever i say that to somebody is well, Texas needs to play OU. Well, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Let's let's back up, right? Okay, because A <laughs> and M would play, um, and and I don't have the article in front of me that, that you're talking about, but A and M would play every year, Texas, Arkansas, and LSU. Texas every year would play A and M, OU, and say Arkansas. OU right. every year would play Texas, you know. Arkansas and Missouri and, you know, Tennessee every year would play Vanderbilt, Alabama and Kentucky, you know, Alabama every year would play Auburn, um, Tennessee and number three, you know, (laughs) whoever their their third biggest rival is. And so I think, I think uh, that's where a lot of confusion comes from because people, when we say that, they think, we're talking about a pod of four teams being Texas, Texas A&M, LSU, and Arkansas. That's not what we mean. If you right. take every single team and you break them apart by their three biggest rivals in the conference, you can split it up to where every team gets to play their number one or their top three rivals in the conference, and there's no overlap. It, it kind of works out great, actually. Um, yeah. I, and I really loved the idea before Texas and OU because I really loved the idea of keeping eight conference games and then rotating the yeah. rest. And, and so adding a ninth adds another element that, that would be, would be tougher and we'll get into that. Um, but overall the idea is at least as, as far as I look at it, if you had, your three biggest rivals that you make sure that you play every single year. I think that that's well, I think that that goes over well. If you're, if you're the fourth biggest rival, okay. Now we're splitting hairs. I feel like, you know, you know, now we're we're getting in the Texas A&M versus, you know, South Carolina realm. That isn't really a rivalry. You know, it's a forced rivalry. So, um, Top three is definitely good, you know, like it, as far as AM is concerned. AM Texas is a huge rivalry, absolutely needs to happen. AM LSU, huge rivalry, absolutely needs to happen. And AM Arkansas has really become a rivalry, but all three of those teams with AM, the history goes back so far. 
that, that yeah. you need it, you need it to happen, you know? And so, yeah. um, and I've seen some that, you know, like there's like, like once you get past those first two rivals, like there's no doubt that, that Alabama's like two of their rivals are going to be Auburn and Tennessee. Like any right. way you slice it, that's going to be two of theirs. Um, and you can say the same for several other teams. Like A&M is going to play Texas if in this kind of situation. Uh, Texas is going to play A&M and Oklahoma. Like that's just set in stone. But yeah. when you start, like there's a lot of different, you know, combinations you can make with that third team to, you know, move things around and, and you know, maybe appease some fan bases. And there's there's never going to be a, a perfect one. Like I've, I've tried to tinker with it and move teams around and, you know, you can make it to where it's pretty good. But it's, yeah. it's not going to be perfect, and I think we just need to accept that. Like, I've seen some, you know, where A&Ms are uh, LSU, Texas, and Ole Miss, which uh, that – I think it, it moved Arkansas from A&M, like one of our rivals, to Oklahoma's rivals, and, you know, made it better geographically for, for them, you know. So there's yeah. different ways to do it, but um, I don't know if we mentioned this yet, but the upside of this is since you rotate the other – teams you know every year uh you know with in a four-year period uh a student at at a&m a football player at a&m should he stay four years would have the chance the opportunity to play you know against every conference mate at home and visit every conference mate on the road so like it's it really is a, a perfect situation yeah and and for simplicity's sake um take away the you know, whatever, whatever rivals we, we play every single year, take those out of the equation. Now you're left with 12 teams. So then if you think you play six, one year, six, the next year, if think of it as it is right now is divisions. So every even year, so 2022 and 2024, A&M would play all of the SEC West teams, you know, and then all the odd years, 2023 and 2025 and would play all of the sec east teams and that's for simplicity's simplicity's sake it's a little bit more advanced than that but that way you're playing everybody in the sec west every other year everybody in the sec east every other year and you flip-flop home and away and so every other year so every four years you play every team in the SEC at least twice with a home and away, meaning if there was a four-year senior that played, they would have the opportunity to play in every single stadium and play every single team at their home stadium. And that, that, that to me is, is really, really impactful. That that's what I think is the coolest thing about the whole idea is that, you know, somebody who's there for four years, they get to see every stadium. They, they really get to fully yeah. experience the SEC. And, um, you know, I think there's some great, great traditions in college football. There's plenty of college football teams that we don't play that have really good, or really good traditions, but in the SEC traditions are big time as well. And, and there's some traditions that, man, I would love to see. And I just haven't. And, um, this yeah. would give me an opportunity to do it, but, more so, it would give the players an opportunity to see what it's like to play at all these other schools, and um, and I think that's I think that's really neat. Like you get to fully experience it all, and um, you know, again, there's traditions that I I have a lot of respect for. For I think they're really cool. I've never seen them in person. You know, I'd love to yeah, see them in person. Exactly. And I'd love for every team to get to see what the twelfth band is like. You know. Are you ready for the NBA to crown its champion? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA finals? With a DraftKings same game parlay, you can do just that. This NBA season, a customer placed a $5 same game parlay and won over $5,000. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and then you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. 
make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. And that's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, but let, let's talk. Let me throw a, a wrench in the machine, right? And, and let's talk about how this changes when you're talking about 14 teams versus 16 teams. So by adding those two teams, well, it throws it all off kilter. If you want to continue, if you want to use the same idea, you would have to move to nine games, nine SEC games per year. Um, I'm not personally opposed to that. I I like the idea of playing nine SEC teams um, or SEC games. But I like it a lot better when you're only playing eight just because it doesn't change anything at all on your schedule. Your schedule still stays yeah. the same where you're playing eight conference games and, and four non-conference games to where you can still schedule one big out-of-conference game um, and not worry about it really impacting you know, your overall schedule. Um, but, I, I mean, again, I'm still not opposed to a nine-team um, schedule. We play a nine team SEC yeah. schedule, have one big, big game. That's 10 games out of 12 that are really big time games. And, and then you have yeah. two little, you know, cupcake games that um, you can play. And I think, I think there's a sentiment. I know there's definitely a sentiment amongst Aggies. I'd imagine it's probably the same way throughout the, the entirety of the SEC that, you know, we are playing three cupcake games each year is kind of too much. Yeah. It it cheapens your 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 value as a season ticket holder. Like if if half the home games are against trash opponents, you know, like and you really only get up for one game a year, like one or two games a year, um it's almost worth it to not have season tickets and to just have, you know, just buy, buy tickets for those two games. Like as a season ticket holder yourself, is is that something that that you kind of relate to? Yeah, I was, I was actually about to say that. Like I, I have season tickets. I still go to every game, even the, even the smaller games, but I'd be lying if I told you that every time we play, you know, a, Lamar University or whatever that I don't at least consider like I don't feel like driving two and a half hours to go watch us whoop up on Lamar and then leave and then deal with all that traffic but at the same time if I went to sell the tickets I'd I'd sell them for pennies on the dollar because I understand that somebody else you know really isn't going to get the full experience so I think it does absolutely cheapen the experience that uh, and I understand from the smaller schools perspective, they're getting money off of the thing, you know, and, yeah. and so it's good that A&M is helping these, these schools raise money and all of that. But at the end of the day, I, I think if you did it in such a way that you only played two, and I, and I don't know how the financials work, but I'm just kind of going on a whim here. Um, I'm just thinking about it. If if you're going to give three thousand dollars worth of scholarships and you give them to three people, you know you're giving a thousand dollars per person. Versus if you give it to two people, you're giving fifteen hundred dollars a person. I think it's more impactful to give fifteen hundred a person than it is to give a thousand, obviously. Um, so I don't know how. Again, I don't know how the, the revenue revenue sharing works on that. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Like. Could they, like, so? So, for example, I've got our I've got our schedule for this fall pulled up. Um, obviously, there's a a big marquee out of conference game, Miami, but the other three are App State, Sam Houston, and UMass. So, mm-hmm. if you could cut UMass out, you know, replace that with another SEC game, um, another SEC home game, like this would be a incredible schedule, and maybe you, you can pay, you know, Sam Houston 
a little bit more money, you know, and right. you know, that's a, that, that's a school that's an hour from you in your home state, not UMass. Yeah. Um, and and being, <laughs> being an Aggie and I understand that it's not this way in every state, but I want to help the Texas schools out. You know, I, I yes. really could yeah. not care less about giving money to UMass. Um, not saying UMass is a bad school, just, you know, for me, there's no, there's no connection between A&M and UMass. There is a yeah. little bit of a connection between A&M and Sam Houston. You know, of course there's, there's some with A&M and Prairie View A&M. Um, I think it would be better if we moved to a nine team SEC schedule to have at least one game per year that's an HBCU from the state of Texas and one game per right. year that's that's a, a smaller school. So like, you know, if we if we did a Prairie View A and M or a Texas Southern or, you know, even Grambling or, or some of those that um uh, well I don't know, where's Grambling at? There it's I think it's in Alabama. Yeah, I was gonna say that that's not a Texas school, but you, you get the right, it's, it's understand a, the it's, point it's, it's of yeah, yeah, you understand the point of uh, as soon as I said it, I was like, wait, dang it, that's not a Texas school. It's defeating my purpose of what I'm saying. <laughs> but but to help to help out um, those schools as well and and put them on the national spotlight because um, you know I think I think it would be good. I think it would be good for college football yeah. as a whole to to try and encompass all of college and not just these these D one programs. Um, and, and, and if every school did it, you know, so if you said Gram, Grambling's in Louisiana, well, if, if LSU played Grambling and we we're playing Prairie View A&M and Texas is playing Texas Southern and, and um, you know, the list goes on, well, well, that's great. You know, that that's really good. You're helping out your state. And then we can kind of level out the, the scheduling – within our own conference to where everybody plays one division three team and everybody plays one division two team or whatever. And, um, you're helping out those smaller schools within your state. You're still staying within conference. And, um, I think it's a win-win for everybody. I think it's, it's a win for the conference. It's a win for your state. It's a win for your school, you know? So it, 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 it made me crack up, uh, and not because you said this, just because I know that fan base. But uh, Texas takes a lot of pride in not playing FCS teams for whatever reason. Uh, mm-hmm. They think they're either too good for it, or you know they they kind of get off on saying, "Oh, like we play you know twelve FBS games against FBS teams." So like that win that you have against an FCS team every year doesn't really matter, and it's kind of cheap that y'all do that. But we do it to you know help those teams budget like we do. if if we play prairie view like like they get like a million dollars from us like that is a big chunk of money for them to you know afford scholarships buy uniforms like all, all kinds of stuff like facilities absolutely um, there's no reason to to get hurt about a, a pride thing about your schedule to you know not be able to help out a team in your in your own state that's trying to play football so Right. Uh, Sorry, and, that, and that's, that's, it's my, it's, it's my daily Texas rant. Yeah, sure. And, and <laughs> Texas fans only do that right now because that's one of their leg ups that they can say about them versus A&M. And, and that's the reality. They're going to come to the SEC and they're going to do it just like anybody else. It, it's more of a jealousy factor of like, well, we didn't get to do that. So we're going to put you down for doing it. And it's, you know, I, I mean, if you're really, if your big, you know, excitement is, well, we played Texas State. We didn't play Prairie View A&M. I mean, yeah. come on. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> nobody takes you seriously whenever you make that comment anyways. But, yeah. um, but that's why I think it should be limited and that's where that's where I was saying earlier that I don't know I'd have to look to see how many schools are in each state because I don't know that every school could do that. But A and M in Texas absolutely could do that. And and we could rotate the schools because there's so many schools within the state of Texas that we could help support 
I mean, there's so many schools yeah. within the A&M system that we could, we could help support our own system. You know, Prairie View A&M is a great example of that. Like, yeah. why wouldn't you want to support – why are we supporting UMass whenever we could support Prairie View A&M? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to yeah. me. Um, and exactly. And, and so um, I, I think that that would be a really – really good way of doing it and HBU school HBCU schools you know for for a lot of the history of of college football haven't gotten the funding that that predominantly white schools have gotten and you know this would be a really good way of of incorporating them and help helping support them and they're great schools a lot of them are really really good schools a lot of them are better than, than some of the D1 schools you know in terms of education and so, yeah. you know, maybe the the football program's not there, but you start doing this, and maybe you see more of, you know, number one athletes in the nation going to, you know, JSU, and it's not because Deion Sanders is the coach; it's because they <laughs> truly want to go to that school, and they know, hey, at least I'll get to play at Texas and Texas A and M and and places like that every so often, and I can get my education right. that I really want, and so. And I can go where my yeah. mom or dad went or whatever it might be, whatever reason you have connection to that school. And so I think overall for the, for the college aspect of college sports, I think that would be really good. Um, there, there, I think your, your, your other point uh, was something I wanted to touch on is um, if we play nine SEC games, will we lose that, that premier out of conference opponent? Because um I think I think we agree. It's fun going to Clemson. It's fun mm-hmm. going to mm-hmm. Notre Dame here in a few years. Um, I I hope to one day see A and M play, you know, at Camp Randall in Wisconsin, or yeah. some team from the Northwest like Oregon or Washington. You know, that's just as exciting to me, if not more so, than getting to play, you know, in Nashville and Athens and Gainesville, Knoxville, and all, all these other places. But um, I think what would it's going to come down to the expanded playoff and they've mm-hmm. like, we haven't really gotten into that here, but they've kind of, you know, scrapped that whole deal. They don't know what they're going to do when the contract runs out in 2025 or whenever it is, but um, it's going to expand. Like we're not going to have a four team SEC or a four team playoff with a 16 team SEC. Like it's just not going to happen. Like there's going to be, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to not go on a rant because I totally could right now against the ACC and the crap they they pulled <laughs> to kind of like derail the, the expansion. But anyway, so let's assume that the playoff gets expanded to eight or twelve or some larger team amount than than four. Um, I think you could. I think you still could have that that premier out of conference game. Now maybe you know maybe don't go schedule Ohio State. <laughs> you know, sure. like the the very very best, but. Um, you know, I did want to run down. Uh, thankfully, Robert was uh, kind enough to uh, line out some potential schedules. You know, in this in this new model, in addition to the three uh, three permanent rivals. So, uh, for example, in twenty twenty five, you could see an AM football schedule that consisted of Arkansas, LSU, Texas, who we talked about as the permanent rivals, and then Alabama, Florida, Mississippi State, Missouri, Ole Miss, and South Carolina. And then the next year, you know, on uh, on even numbered years, uh, Arkansas, LSU, Texas, and then Auburn, Georgia, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. Like that sounds awesome, does it not? Like, like yeah, yeah, it like, absolutely those does. Those schedules sound hard, but like that's that's a lot of fun. And then throw in, you know, uh, uh, a uh, like like a Louisville or a Arizona State or someone like that. Like that's that's some good football right there. And Will, while I'm thinking about it, make sure that you put a link to that article in the description of yes. this episode. That way uh, the people listening can go and see it because we're big supporters of RCBO5 anyways. Uh, he's a good yeah. friend of the pod and helped us out with our logo and all we were were a logo. So um, we, <laughs> we uh, will always remember that. But um, regardless, not that, you know, we'll send tens of people over the, over to him, but um, that way <laughs> yeah. y'all can get a visual of what, what it is that we're talking about here. Um, Oh yeah. Really, really. I'm a big supporter of it. I've been a big supporter of it. I've, I, I kind of 
the idea of Texas and OU, that was one of the big things that I was worried about with them coming in was, well, dang it, was this due to pod scheduling, you know? Um, but for the sake of the conversation, let's talk about what if we did a pod of four teams, you know, where, where it's a true pod, a, a, a smaller division. I would absolutely hate that. Yeah. Well, and uh, so a couple weeks ago on Twitter, um, which is a horrible place, you should avoid it at all, at all costs, uh, unless you're following the Ineligibles podcast um, at, at Ineligible Pod. But <laughs> on Twitter, um, you know, th- some rumors leaked out and uh, both sides were saying the same thing, but of course they just didn't want to understand each other. So mm-hmm. a rumor came out that A&M said, hey, we don't want to be in Texas's pod or, or, or that we don't want to play them every year, something like that, uh, which which isn't really the case. Like if – so the, the, uh, uh, there's another model that's proposed from uh, – according to uh, Billy Lucci and according to Ross Dellinger at Sports Illustrated of a possible uh, one permanent opponent with seven others. Um, so in that scenario, Texas would play Oklahoma and – every year and not a and mm-hmm. um, But what A&M was trying to say is if we do the four pods of four, we don't want to be in a pod with Texas and Oklahoma and Missouri in this old Big 12 thing and, you know, be stuck in that for the rest of our lives. Like we, sure. it, but, but it wasn't like, we, we weren't saying like, we're still saying, hey, let's do three permanent opponents. We want Texas, we want LSU and whoever else. We don't want old Big 12 pod. But people on Twitter say, see that and say, A&M is scared of Texas. Why are you scared of Texas? It, uh, it's, you know, infuri- it's infuriating. All, all they want to do is an oversimplification of everything. The same idea of why did y'all want to move to SEC? It's because y'all are scared of Texas. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're so scared of Texas that we're going to go play Alabama every year. Um, and, every and, year. And that's that's <laughs> the, you know, I, I don't even – I don't even give that an inkling of a thought, to be honest with you. Um, because, I mean, if I was going to set it up, I, I, I've i run through this so many times, and especially, like, this was one thing that I was real focused on whenever um, Texas and OU announced that they were coming to the SEC, was, well, crap, what does that do to the pod scheduling? Because the only way it would make sense with eight teams per year would be if you – had one permanent opponent. Well, if you have one permanent opponent, then of course Texas is going to stick with OU. That's that's a bigger rivalry than A&M Texas. You know, and that's just that's just a fact. I mean, that's the way that it is. Um I think of Texas as a big rival and I know Texas fans no matter what they'll tell you, they think of A&M as a big rival. Um but I do truly see LSU as being an equivalent rival. Like, I, I would say that if you're a Texas fan, your number one rival is OU and a close second is A&M. You know, if you're an A&M fan, your number one rival is UT and a close second is LSU. You know, and yeah. I think, I think they're comparative in that, that regard. So, um, and that just goes back to I know the history of our program because I've I've gone in and really studied A and M history just because I'm a nerd and I like that kind of stuff. Um, we've played LSU since the 1800s. Like it, that's that's a deep rooted rivalry in that we've played for years and years and years, um, just like we have Texas. So that's the only reason I say that, not because you know I'm trying to pitch like oh yeah well. We don't even care about Texas. No, I, I'm. That's my number one rival if they come into the SEC. Yeah. So the and we idea want of, both, like we want LSU and Texas every year, right? And and so that's that's the reality of it is if we did do a one team, one permanent rival each year, well, that would really mess up the whole thing because then we're, you know we're ruining different rivalries across the sec, not just ours, but we would, we would mess up the A&M and Texas rivalry. We would mess up the Alabama, Tennessee rivalry or the Auburn, Alabama, Georgia. Auburn, 
We would mess up Auburn, Georgia. We would mess up, you know, either Tennessee, Kentucky, or Tennessee, Vandy. You know, we'd mess up Georgia, Florida. You know, uh, there, there's all or, these. Or di- Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and anybody else because they're going to have to play each other. Yeah, yeah, and and so, um, I think I think for the good of the SEC, that that doesn't make any sense. Now, what would make great sense? I mean, if you're strictly looking at making sure that you preserve rivalries, what would make great sense would be if you had two permanent rivals every year. So your primary and secondary. Here's the problem with that. If you figure your team plus two, that's three. That's an odd number. So that means if we're if you're going to play five teams each year, if you stick with an eight team, you know, eight team um, schedule, well then sixteen teams minus the three, you got thirteen left over, and you're playing five per year. Well, that messes up the whole thing. You know, so then, well, yeah. let's say that we go to nine teams instead. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did the math wrong on that. So you're doing six six te- games each each season, but there's 13 teams out there. So then you're you're only playing 12 of those 13 teams every other year, and so um, right. that would mess up the whole thing. So at this point, with Texas and OU coming in, there's no way to do that without doing a three-team rivalry um, and moving to a nine-game conference schedule. If you'd asked me a few years ago if I wanted to go to a nine-team conference schedule, I would have told you no. I wouldn't have wanted to. But if you asked me today, I'm tired of these three cupcake games each year i'm just quite frankly i'm tired of it i i don't want yeah. to can I don't, I don't care if we go to a national championship or not if we're not we're already not going to national champions you know so why are we playing these teams to pad our schedule if we're not even going to the championship you know <laughs> like we're we're not getting the benefit of why we would be scheduling those teams. I get that it's the Alabama model and all that kind of jazz, but there's yeah. no sense in doing it for three teams. So, um, yeah. Well, and it's it's almost like twofold. If uh, if the playoff expands to twelve, then str- mm-hmm. strength of schedule matters even more. Like, say if if ten and two A and M is fighting with ten and two Florida for a playoff spot. Um, and they played Florida State and they're not kind of we played UMass. Yeah. You know, who's who's gonna get the nod there? <laughs> right. And and that's that is part of it. If you were to ask me though, that I hate the idea of a um strength of schedule. I hate that. I hate that whole idea. It's just name recognition yeah. and it it I yeah. I just in a perfect world, you would take out any kind of opinion about who should be in. And it would just be fact of the matter. Here's what you did. Here's what you didn't do. It's We got way too many teams in college football for it to be a perfect world. So I understand that you're always going to have to have opinions based in the you know, decision-making. But... But you're right. I mean, you you expand. That's going to become even more important, um, especially whenever you're breaking up interconference, you know, teams. And so, um, yeah. I think I think though. I mean, the writing's on the wall for me. We're moving the sixteen teams. It's a, it's blatantly obvious to me that the SEC is setting themselves up for a crumbling of NCAA and what if we're the only ones will be the only superpower, you know, and, and they will, I mean, with the teams that they've assembled, yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, the best of the best. And so I think that it's, it's perfectly understandable if we were to set up that way, that we're only going to play each other. 
like that that's perfectly right. understandable um i hope that we continue to have one primary game like a miami like a notre dame like a clemson i hope that we keep that on the schedule because i know that that's been a lot of our fans number one excitement about moving to the sec is that we're starting to play all these random teams that we haven't played ever and, yeah. and that's big time i i love that as as a as a season ticket holder, you know, that's, that's really cool for me. We're interacting with fan bases that we've never interacted with before. And if we did, it was, yeah. you know, 50 years ago. So, um, I hope we keep that. Yeah. There was, there was something you said in there that made me think of a point we haven't brought up yet. And you said like, Hey, forget about strength of schedule. Like what's, you know, what's the, the fact of the matter. And that raises the question, if you get away, if you get rid of uh, divisions, who plays for your championship game? <laughs> so, um, for, from like to, to, to make it easy, uh, it would be based off of conference winning percentage. So, um, every team would play, you know, nine SEC games, and it's with the way it's spread out, uh, ties ties without tiebreakers would be very unlikely. Like. If if you have two teams that are nine and zero, uh, I, I'm pretty sure uh, it's it would be impossible to have three teams that were nine and zero. <laughs> I don't think that's that's even possible to to work out. So, um, and if you have one team that's nine and zero and two are eight and one, if if that's even possible, um, one probably beat the other. You know, so mm-hmm. um, that's that's kind of how that would work. Um, and if you had four teams of four, like, I don't know how you'd do it then. Would you have four pod champions and then try to come up with something else? And, and like, I, I, I'm just not sure about that. Yeah, yeah, you would. Because, I mean, it, think of it, it's like the NFC East and West and the AFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, that's that's weird. It is. It's it's not good for, for the conference, I don't think. And I, here's what I'll say that's that's going to now be controversial but this kind of ties a bow going back to the beginning of of the episode of get away or do away with conference championships what's the point of being the sec champion if you're not the national champion you know it's it's kind of a consolation prize and um i i just kind of i mean the reality is if we move to pod scheduling, no matter how we do it, if we move to that pod, we're going to be just like the Big 12, and we've been making fun of the Big 12 for this for years. Of Ha-ha, y'all have three ties, you know, and you got this team that has three losses that's playing for your conference championship and all of that. Well, yeah, it's, kind of, it's really because conference championships are kind of a crock anyways. They're just a way for conferences to try to pad their resume going into the, the college football playoff, I would I would definitely if if you gave me the option to keep what we have today, just keep everything exactly the same, or to move to a pod scheduling like I like permanent rival scheduling with an expanded playoff. But the what you have to give up is a conference championship. I would do that ten times out of ten. I would I would definitely give up a conference championship to get both of those. Um, yeah, which would then increase the 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 possibility and and the reasoning for a nine team SEC schedule. Um, again, I know it's controversial, and and I, I'll also say I love conference championships. I, I hope that we don't get rid of them. If I had it my way, we wouldn't get rid of them. But if I had to give that as a peace offering for an expanded playoff, I would do it for sure. Yeah. I feel like they're, they're probably mutually exclusive because in, in, the, new, in the new model, like whatever they decide, they're going to want like automatic seats for – power conference champions like yeah, they want that to, to be sure because because they're they're trying to get away from 12 people in a room picking who the teams are which is 
right. kind of what it is right now. Um, but the the fact of the matter is that conference champion conference championship games exist to make money because people watch them like they 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 score uh, extraordinarily well in in terms of sure. ratings, and it's just more eyeballs. And you know, the the SEC and, and no conference is going to give that up. But um, what's the among the several benefits of the permanent rival scheduling that we've talked about is, you know, if they had had this, well, f- well my point is that the, the two best teams would play for the title, the, the conference title. Mm-hmm. And if they had had this in 2020, A&M would have rematched with Alabama instead of Bama having to play Florida. Now I know Florida played them close and that was a great game, but um, in that season, A&M had beaten Florida. A&M only had one loss and it was to Alabama, you know, in this kind of scenario, A&M was second in the SEC, and they would have played again uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the year to, you know, see who who would be the conference champion, who would get in the playoff. But and, and well, and, and this no this might be an ignorant comment, um, but you know, if we're talking about getting rid of opinions and getting rid of that, you know, people determining who ends up in the championship and not the teams themselves determining it based on their resume. I mean, I, I I just can't see a, the overwhelming likelihood would be that you play this conference championship and then the two teams that played in your conference championship would still end up in the top 12, you know, for almost every conference. So for every good conference. Yeah. Yeah, so then you're going like, to get like, a rematch like of most. Ten. Yeah, you just think about, like, let's say that this year the ACC was terrible. And so, you know, you had automatic seeds from the Big 12, SEC, you know, Big 10, and Pac-12. Okay, those are your four automatic seeds. Well, the likelihood is at least three of those four are going to have their second place team in there as well, which is going to – more than likely, the overwhelming likelihood you would think would be the the one that lost the conference championship. So then you're going to have more rematches than we've ever had, which again goes back to if if I had to choose between an expanded playoff and conference champion, I would go with expanded playoff. I, I would get rid of a com- conference championship for the exp- expanded playoff. And I understand it's all driven by money. And like you, yeah. you made up a great point there of the only reason they exist is because of viewership, is because of money, is because of all that. And I get that, you know, and that's that's going to play a big role. That's going to play the main role in the decision making. Um, but I think if we did move to a 12-team playoff, conference championships aren't going to last very long because those viewer numbers are going to go way down whenever that starts to not matter at all. That's that's actually a possibility and yeah. as as we talk about these things you have to keep in mind that uh it all comes down to money that's of course all that's all that matters is money money runs the <laughs> and, world yeah and if the sec is making less money because no one's watching their championship game which i mean obviously that remains to be seen but um it's going to be a competitive conference, but like, what if the, you know, what if the ACC, like if their numbers drop, everyone's mm-hmm. like, Oh, well we know it's going to be Clemson and they're going to beat up on this scrub team. That's kind of happening now actually. Right. Um, but like, what if that happens in the, you know, in this new model where, you know, and, and Clemson may rest starters in that game. If they're already guaranteed uh, a spot right. or something like that, you know, and, and I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole here. I'm just thinking of other weird things that could happen, but uh, it absolutely comes down to money, and that's that's going to determine a lot of things. And um, for for the SEC, like in terms of rematches, uh, in a 12 team model, the the SEC is getting four teams in pretty much every year. Mm-hmm. They may even get five in in some years. Um, that's why several other conferences are because they're more money for the SEC and not for them, but. Um, you could have a, you could have a, uh, a situation where, you know, two SEC teams play each other three times in one year where, you know, A&M Bama play once in the regular season, 
in the conference championship, then they both get in the playoff and they play again if they meet up, you know, based on whatever the seating is. Yeah. Um, and that, that absolutely isn't fun for, for college yeah. football, I don't think. Um, but that's, that's the, you, you brought up a key point there and, and I'll, I'll say this is kind of my last comment so we can wrap up the episode, but, um, money drive money is the big driver of everything, but definitely college football. And so, you know, with money being the big driver here, it's going to dictate what conferences end up wanting to do. But SEC, like you said, is likely on a 12-team format to get four teams in. So if if I'm the commissioner, if I, or if I'm figureheads making the decisions, I would look at the numbers to say, what would generate more revenue for us? A conference championship? or four postseason games. And and I would assume that the four postseason games, and that's, you know, if we win some of those games, that might turn into four or seven or, you know, however many. Surely, even though they wouldn't bring in quite the money that in a, a championship would, they would still collectively bring in more money than the championship would. And so, like, if you had to make the choice between the two, you would think that the money would probably also make the same choice. Um, and, right. But I, I've seen this happen enough times to know that what they'll probably do is hodgepodge it together. And that would mean that they would do a 12-team playoff and a conference championship for several years before some somebody finally realizes, like, hey, this is losing us viewership. This is losing us money. We need to just be done with the conference championships. And that's what it would take probably to do that. But I think if somebody had the foresight to say, hey, let's just not do conference championships anymore. Let's move to 12-team playoff and be done. It would probably generate the SEC even more money. So um, yeah, all, all to be said, I'm a big fan of the permanent rival scheduling. I hate the idea of a pod schedule where, you know, you just have the four teams, you know, interdivisionary conference basically um don't like that idea at all i'm of course a big fan of the 12 team playoff um yeah but uh, i'd like to see the sec move to this model because the divisions just they're kind of becoming a way of the past i think and and i think this would be a really good way moving forward yeah i think i think it's safe to say that we are both uh large proponents (laughs) of a three, six, like a three, six, six model where like, like we've described, um, it's from the sounds of things, uh, there could be an announcement, you know, sometime this summer on the future of scheduling in the sec. Um, it sounds like it's between the one we've talked about and the, the one permanent rival with seven rotating teams, which Mm -hmm. I don't know if I said enough earlier, but I, I, it's probably better than, having an East and a West, but I would still hate it. Like, yeah, I, wouldn't like I, I would hate, I would hate only playing Texas once every two years. Like what if we screw around and lose? We have to hear it for two years <laughs> yeah. without being able to redeem it. <laughs> well, I mean, or we if should have the mental now. We, we've yeah. heard it for 10 years now, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, real quick, as we leave, uh, other other conferences have already voted for this or, or will vote for it in the near future. Um, Pac-12 said, screw it. Pac-12 said, uh, we'll fix our schedule later. But for this season, in 2022, uh, the top two teams in the conference by winning percentage will play for the title. So you could have you know, two Pac-12 South teams uh, meet for the title and not you know, uh, a North champion uh, who, maybe not be as, who may not be as good. Now, I'm not saying that's it's different every year, but that's what they've already adopted for this year. They're going to mess with their scheduling later. Um, the ACC is expected to eliminate divisions next year and move to a three-five-five model since they have, you know, fourteen teams as, as opposed to the sixteen in the SEC. So, um, obviously, Big Twelve, they've got some other things to figure out <laughs> until uh, uh, they have to figure out a schedule for a fourteen-team Big Twelve that includes Texas, Oklahoma, UCF, 
BYU, Houston, and uh, in Cincinnati. So yeah, it's <laughs> that's 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 a lot of fun. Oh, I but be in charge uh, of that. <laughs> no, I would not. But uh, I do like to uh, eat popcorn and observe from afar. So, um, well, good. And I, I, I'm glad we we got this out there because I think this is. Uh, I'm going to start with this. I would much rather talk about this than talk about who's getting paid what with an IL. I'm so over the NIL argument. So um, from here on out, from here on out on this podcast, it's football only. We're not talking about, you know, a bunch of NIL drama and, and BS like that. Uh, just just, just football from here on out. So, um, well, if, uh, if, that's, if, that's, if that's all we got, um, we will uh, go ahead and wrap it up, and we will uh, talk to you guys soon.